Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of this podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Ms. Candice Monroe, who will be sharing her story about her personal experience with organ donation. I am so honored to be able to interview you today and to listen to your story. Thank you so, so much for being a guest. Thanks for having me, Maya. If you don't mind sharing how it has impacted you deeply or anything that you prefer to share with the audience. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, my story actually starts um, in the year 1993. I was seven years old when my older sister, who's six years older than me, uh, was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy um, out of nowhere. So, you know, being seven years old and hearing your older sister, someone you look up to being diagnosed with a disease, you have no idea what it is. And, you know, hearing that the doctors say that potentially if you wanted to uh, live, she would need a heart transplant. So uh, that was very foreign to me as a seven-year-old girl. My sister was 13 at the time. I didn't know uh, what that meant. I just remember my parents going back and forth to appointments. I was kind of being shuffled from family member to family member while my sister was at the clinic, Clinton Clinic. Um, and then all of a sudden I hear she had a heart transplant after waiting for two weeks. And it foreign to me, didn't get it, didn't understand it, didn't realize really what that meant until, um, six years later. And, um, or sorry, nine years later, I don't know why I said six years later, nine years later in um, 2002, I was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy, the same exact disease my sister was diagnosed. I was 15 years old. I was um, in, you know, in high school, I was running track, I was doing all the normal things that teenagers do, hanging out with my friends on the weekends, um, you know, down with homework, all of that. Um, and in the fall of 2001, I got the flu, what seemed like the flu, but it just never went away. So I spent the fall of 2001 really just sick and, and not sure what was going on. My mom took me to the doctor times, but really, you know, didn't know what was going on until early 2002. Um, I, w- I went to the doctor and they said I had cardiomyopathy, an enlarged heart blood was pumping in and out of my heart the way it should be. And um, they put me on some medication to see how my body would react to the medication. Um, But fortunately, uh, it just made me sicker. So I was right back at the hospital, the Cleveland Clinic, just like my sister, where they said that I would need a heart transplant as well. If I wanted to see my 16th birthday, I would need a transplant. So at that time, I was told, you know, um, having a heart transplant, it's, it is a, it's definitely a lifestyle change. Lifespan could be potentially be 10 years with transplanted heart. You know, those types of conversations that no 15-year-old wants to hear or with our family. But, you know, the thing about my family is we had gone through it once before. And, you know, my sister was thriving nine years later after her transplant. So I knew there was a possibility. But the difference during me she was she was able to wait at home before she got the call I was so sick that they needed me to be in the hospital hooked up to all types of medications and IVs because I was deteriorating my body was just was not sustaining um with you know with without a new heart so um 
as my body deteriorates, my mom and dad were coming to the hospital every single day as I stay there. My parents both worked, so they couldn't stay overnight. So I, a lot of times I was alone and, and when, at night, and, and my mom tried her best to spend the night when she could, but I was 15 years old, and, and, and this life, this, this complete life change and not, not knowing what to do. So um, as my body deteriorated, uh, what seemed like an eternity was only two and a half weeks uh, mm -hmm. when I got the magic call that a organ had been found. Mm -hmm. um, so on February 7th, 2002, I received my life-saving heart transplant. Um, and, you know, I think that because this February, God willing, I will be celebrating 20 years post heart transplant. But I, yes. I, I, I think back to those uh, those years of uh, you know 20 years ago where I was so sick and you know wasn't sure what what the future looked like, um, and I'm just truly thankful. So yeah, so that that's really my my heart story. You know, in, in the beginning, obviously through the years, have had several other um instances where organ donation has saved uh, other people in my life and i've watched how the beauty of, of giving life someone else and, and potentially saving life and it's it's such a beautiful thing wow you i just want to start off by saying you are so unbelievably strong at 15 going through that and even at seven years old watching your sister who you are very close with going through that as well you are so unbelievably strong. And it's just sad because I see so many people my age in this generation taking life for granted. They don't see life as, you know, as in a, that perspective. And that's why I'm so glad to hear different perspectives from people who have received transplants and how thankful they are that now they can live happily because someone decided to say yes to organ donation. Now, what advice would you give people my age? Like, let's say if someone told you that they didn't want to register for organ donation because they heard a myth about a doctor, because there are myths like doctors saying that they may not save your life or they won't try as hard to save your life if you're an organ donor. What, would, like, what advice would you give to people who believe in those kind of myths and why? Um, so Maya, that's a great question because I've learned from, you know, from, you know, being older, I've learned that people will be set in their ways. Um, so it's hard to try to, you know, persuade someone because a lot of times they're stuck in their ways. But same time, I think, you know, continuing to tell my story and hearing stories from other people who have truly been impacted by organ donation, I think that is really what's going to change someone. You really, you, you really don't get it until you see it firsthand. Or right. uh, so I think. You know, that would be my response to that. But at the same time, you know, and I say this about not just organ donation. When people are talking about, oh, you know, I heard this myth. I heard that. Do your own research. You know, yeah. do your research from people that know what they're talking about. Not the internet. Not um, Twitter. Right. right. Do. Uh, there's so many myths and things on uh, on the internet that and that's hard to debunk. But if you aren't doing your due diligence and and reviewing and and doing your own follow through, then you're you're never going to know the true answer. So obviously, 
scared. It is absolutely a myth. But unless you do your own research and see firsthand how organ donation has impacted other people, then you know you, you won't you won't go forward with becoming an organ donor. But I think that the most important part of this whole thing is, you know, they say you're more likely to need an organ or organ transplant than you are that you will actually be a person that has to donate. Um, only donate if you are, you know, if, if there's certain things that have to happen in order for you to donate. But as you know, life happens and, and sadly people get sick and need organ transplants. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to wait until that happens to them to want to be organ donors. I want them to have, take the initiative to do their own research, to hear their own story or to, to hear other people's stories, um, to want to, to help and be, you know, be those, be an organ donor. Right. And especially when I've like done my own research and I've heard of families how like, even though they lost their loved ones, they somehow can cope with their loss knowing that their loved ones are saving someone else right now who needed an organ donation. And speaking of that, do you, I know you're like good friends with the donor's dad, Mr. Chuck, correct? Could you tell us a little backstory of the donor? If you would, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. So I, you know, I love speaking about Chuck and, and Chuck's my donor's father. Um, so right after the surgery, my family received two letters from um, the, the donor's mother and sister. So, uh, you know, so that was 2002, 2003, we received letters. Well, letters were written directly to me. But the way it works is through the organ procurement organization, um, all correspondence happens through there, and um, they don't give you any information. So all I knew is that uh, my donor was a girl the same age as me, and her mother and her sister were, uh, were um, writing, uh, writing me. Um, so I, I really struggled with the fact that someone had to pass away for me to live. That was something that, you know, will, will always just kind of um, hang on you. But, you know, and, and then I struggled with how do I respond to these letters? I, they're, they're, thank you. I could say thank you, but that's never truly how I, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until 2013, 11 years after my transplant, that I sat down and I just decided to reach out to the Indiana Procurement Organization, which is where my letter came from, mm-hmm. um, and ask, hey, do you have any information or can I start correspondence with this family? So they have to go through a whole um, process where they have to reach out to the family to see if they want to start communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they out, they only found the father of my donor and he, they said he wanted to start communication. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to write a letter and then, or, uh, and they gave me his address and I wrote the letter, first letter, and I saw that he was in Hawaii. So I wrote a letter to him, not sure if I'd ever get a response, but I said, Hey, let me just start, you know, by saying, thank you. Thank you will never suffice. Like there's just so much, but I want to start there. So wrote him and, um, it, it, the turnaround was so quick. Um, him being in Hawaii, I would think it would take a very long time. I feel like I got a letter back within, a, within the week. Um, and basically he just, he was just so welcoming and saying like, he has met, he met the pancreas recipient. He met the, I think it was the liver recipient, but there was something about the heart recipient, you know, and he never heard from the heart recipient, but, you know, hoping 
the heart recipient was well, and it was just such a pleasure to start communication. So the crazy thing is, um, before I even received the letter from my donor father and saw that he was in, from Hawaii, uh, my dad was retiring in early 2014, mm-hmm. and one, we knew we were taking a family vacation to Oahu, um, Hawaii. So um, it was, I, you know, it was just it was miraculous to see that he lived in Hawaii. So I got the, this idea, maybe I'll reach out to the Hawaii Oregon Procurement Organization and um, maybe I can meet him in Hawaii. I, of course, emailed him or wrote him. I don't remember what it was and asked him, I was like, would you be interested in meeting with me? And he said, yes. So obviously we needed a liaison to initiate that uh, meeting. So I uh, uh, reached out to the Hawaii Oregon Procurement Organization. They were excited to, to initiate this meeting. Um, and, and they kind of did, did everything. They reached out to Chuck. They reached out to me. They reached out to make sure we were both comfortable. And they were said, okay, you're going to meet uh, this date at this time at their offices. So, uh, when we went early of 2014, we were all ready to meet my donor father. And, and it was such a scary, scary moment for me because I would be his daughter. And I kept saying, well, I, I mean, I'm not, am I good enough to have received his, his daughter's heart? That kept going through my head. Um, so the day came that I was to meet him. And um, I, I went to the, the Oregon Procurement Organization and um uh, they, my family arrived first, and they kind of did, you know, made sure I was in a, a, a secure place to meet him and that I was mentally secure and, and, and everything. And on the other side, he arrived, and they did the same thing to him. Um, and then we all went into a room, and that is when I met him. And it was just such a beautiful moment. Um, all those fears and, and the anxiety I had of whether he liked me it kind of subsided when he hugged me. Mm-hmm. And... Just like all the emotions of, you know, this person was the person to say yes to organ donation when they are, when they've lost someone that is, is, is the love of their life. They've lost them and they've made the greatest decision to save somebody else's life and that life just happened to be mine. So it was just such a beautiful moment. And, you know, we met in 2014 and he's been to Ohio several times and he's become a Brad, Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's, he's from Maine, so he's, his New England Patriots are obviously his number one team, but we've made him a Browns fan, and he has just truly been a blessing, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm truly thankful for his friendship, and he's, and he's a family member, so yeah, so we've been, we've been you know. He's family. an amazing guy. I, I yeah. met him once, because my mom also knows him. He's hilarious. He really yeah. is a good guy. So he's a great guy, and I'm so thankful that, you know, he is the, is the one who um, decided to, you know, give me uh, a second chance. Yeah. So. It's amazing hearing stories like these and how, like, the gift of life is so special, yet at such a young age, you don't realize until it happens to you when you're in a situation where it's, like, so scary to you, especially when you're so young. Especially for me, sometimes I'll admit I take life for granted and I sometimes forget how special life is. So thank you for sharing your story today. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience 
anything important you would like to say for them to keep in mind? Absolutely. I think I, I already reiterated it, but I wanted I want to say if you're unsure or on the edge about being an organ donor, um, you know, mm-hmm. do your research. Learn about people who were on the edge of, of, of dying and have received that second chance at life, and it's all and it's due to an organ donor. And it truly will. will I, I hope it would change your perception on whether it should be an organ donor or not. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many people waiting for for transplants, and, and I know it's one thing you don't want to talk about death, right? It's one of those things that people just don't want to talk about. But at the same time, you know, we, we know it's inevitable. It's going to happen. So why not when you're no longer here, you could potentially benefit somebody else's life, some family's life and give someone, you know, an, a second chance at, at, at life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing your story because people like you will could influence someone to say yes to organ donation to help save other lives. Thank you so, so much for coming on this podcast and sharing your story. Of course. Thanks for having me, Maya. It means so, so much to me. Thank you, Miss Candace. You're welcome.